Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tapping In. I'm Margo, one of the hosts of today's podcast, Through the Warped Mirror. In this episode, Catherine and I dissect the portrayal of body image on social media and how it impacts teenage girls. Something else we talked about last time was whether social media should be classified as an addiction, and this left us wondering if there was an impact we see on social media, what about its exposure to younger children? Uh, Their minds are way more vulnerable uh, to its manipulation, so that's what we'll be discussing today. So our school's Ethics Institute has this broader goal of expanding ethical thinking to other schools on a K-12 through scale. And so in order to make these topics easier for younger kids to comprehend, the Ethics Institute came up with an idea to design an ethics mascot for younger children to use. They decided it would be this cartoon bee. Uh, <laughs> they went over to different elementary schools over New Jersey to ask for the kids' opinions on different designs of the mascot. As I mentioned, they presented different designs, and it was just really interesting to see the overall results. So if you're listening and want to know what we're talking about, you can look up Be Ethical Everywhere program or B um, from the Kent Place Ethics Institute. So what you'll find is this uh, cartoon graphic of some bees cheering. And so this is what was presented to the students and asked uh, for their feedback on. So there's one bee who's wearing like a blue shirt, some blue pants, and he's wearing a construction hat. And Almost stereotypically, all the boys loved this bee. And then to the far right, there's a bee with a pink flower and like a pink vest and pink shoes. And also stereotypically, all the girls love this, which was surprising because we didn't expect them to fall so closely in line with what you would expect a boy to like and what you would expect a girl to like. Um, But the bee that ultimately is the mascot for the entirety of the Ethics Institute is the one in the very middle with the red boots and a red headband and this blue vest trying to combine the best of both worlds. And so at the end of the presentation, they asked the students if they could change one thing about the bee, what would it be? So at at least one of the schools, the consensus among the students was that the bee needed to be skinnier. At a young age, thinking that is insane. So yeah, like we mentioned at the start, elementary schoolers, and yeah, the general consensus was, and I mean, I don't know that much about bee body shapes, but (laughs) I would say it's a pretty skinny bee. Like, I don't really think there's much wrong with her body form. I mean, especially comparative to all the other bees. There's like, she's the same. Yeah, there's absolutely no difference in their physique, any of the bees. They all look the exact same. So it was crazy. And Um, the reaction when we heard this was like shock they were Mm -hmm. like skinnier and so ultimately they're not changing the shape or the physique of the bee Um, but that was really really shocking Mm -hmm. and so that sort of got us thinking you know being exposed to social media at this young age there's a lot of harmful Um, stuff beyond the fact that it can be addictive to stay on, but just the sort of content that you're seeing. And obviously, in America, there's definitely, or globally even, there's definitely been an increase of uh, body image-related disorders. Um, And that definitely has, in part, to do with the type of image you see online. I know there's been some discussion about, for instance, TikTok putting uh, videos on the For You page of more uh, of individuals that I guess appeal to the beauty standard. I don't know whether this is necessarily true or not, but there's definitely been a lot of talk about it. 
Um, and also within the fact that there's a lot of filters online and you're able to sort of customize your appearance in the way that you want. We always say social media is a highlight reel. Something that I find really interesting is how they make, they always want to see the, the hero, the best person, the main character. You're trying to appeal to this idealistic person. I think we see that so many times in like a movie. Um, let's say, oh, you remember, um, just like the movie The Duff, if, if you guys have ever seen that one, I literally just rewatched it, how they make the main character the quote unquote dumb, ugly, fat friend. So you, there's this different personnel who we as children as you know teenagers as young adults we expect to see this one person idolized and when it's not it's completely changes the way we see the world in my opinion and making a bee skinnier as one of the top reasons for changing the main character is crazy to me mm -hmm. because this isn't teenagers talking about it this is like elementary school children having an opinion on body weight mm -hmm. like what it's way too young I hope you all are just as concerned as me yeah definitely if you have this image pulled up you should be extremely concerned mm -hmm. and so also just bringing this back to social media specifically there's been some videos where people will post about their insecurities and you know the comment section <laughs> will be um, either agreeing or ridiculing them for even posting about their insecurities. And I saw this video online, and I don't recall the user, but essentially she prefaced her video saying, everyone's entitled to whatever insecurities they have, but you shouldn't be posting about them online because individuals who look the same as you or have that same feature and previously felt as though nothing was wrong with themselves and then see this video will become insecure about it. And I also thought that the prefacing of the language to say that you're entitled to your own insecurities was kind of odd. Like, are insecurities an entitlement? Is that something everyone's entitled to. It's so almost strange that we're so cautious around the language that we use to describe ourselves. And I guess, yes, the broader impact, because there are individuals who have similar features to you. And so what we think about, you know, being authentic and genuine and expressing, you know, things that you genuinely are insecure about versus that impact it can have on other people. Something that I see a lot in just uh, popularized idols that we usually see in social media or just any media in general is the idea of the Eurocentric stereotype. So you have this certain face, particularly for women, of a skinnier body, blonde hair, blue eyes, small little nose, and a cute like little cheeks, and like you know just this ideal body. And looking at myself, I don't. I am white, but I don't fit the nose of a typical Eurocentric person, which has always really made me mad. I'm really upset as I've gotten older. You know, I've had more thoughts of like getting a nose job or whatever. But I think I've definitely been pushed on by by social media apps to want to look this certain way. And I mean, admitting it firsthand, like I too struggle with. Um, how to differentiate myself and my own standards of beauty versus what is told I should look like. Yeah, I definitely feel the same way. Um, th 
well, to share something of my own, I think that like I always love a more athletic physique than I currently have. Um, and so that's definitely been an insecurity of mine. But I feel like I came to have that insecurity a lot later in life, maybe middle school, high school, whereas I think elementary school is a very early age mm-hmm. to start to hate your body because you're not even close to being developed. Your body is growing in a variety of ways. It's going to look different one week than it does the next week. And so how will this change how, you know, self-esteem and mental health issues uh, carry forth with children if they start viewing themselves in a negative light and others? Because Mm -hmm. if you're commenting on someone else's body and saying that they need to be looking a certain way, then you're reinforcing insecurities for other individuals as well. So the Kemp Place Institute did a survey with primary student parents talking about what age they were giving their children um, social media. And we're seeing, as time progresses, the age of people getting these social media apps and phones is so much younger from even when Catherine and I were in middle school, like 12, 13, that was probably around like well, our age we're getting phones. But now we're seeing 10, 11, maybe even nine. So you're giving younger children access to these social media apps that are pushing a narrative other than all beauty is beautiful. So it's going down a slippery slope of this detrimental factor to psychological approaches to body weight. And this is, we're going to see an increase in eating disorders, suicide rates, anything above. And it's very scary to look at, even not as a parent, even as a person just looking out for their community. It's going to be a scary time we're approaching if we keep letting kids younger and younger have phones and social media. And it's not even that phones are the inherent villain in this. It's that social media is something that is accessible to anyone and it's not restricted uh, to a certain age group. And so, you know, with the content that you see, for instance, on your TikTok for you page, perhaps you see a lot of, perhaps we uh, see a lot of individuals that look similar to our age and talk about things that we know about. But obviously, TikTok isn't just restricted to teenagers. Anyone can see it. Anyone that has a phone, if you're, you know, five years old and have a phone, you can definitely log on and see the same stuff that we're seeing. And not all of that stuff is age appropriate. And there's no way to really censor what comes up. And so we have to, I guess, be conscious as ourselves, users posting on this app, would you want a child to see this? Um, But then to that same extent, how does that, you know, change the way we use social media? And should it be something that's restricted? Um, And should we log onto our apps thinking, oh, a grandpa can see this, a child can see this. Um, So navigating how we use apps when it's such a broad range of people that have access to it. And, you know, considering broader impacts when it's just a harmless, funny video that is relatable to your age group or people that relate to whatever niche you're discussing, um, it definitely is so challenging to navigate. Another thing I want to add to that is, you know, we're weighing the pros and cons of social media, body dysmorphia, like how does this play into jobs because now we have social media influencers who are making tons of money um millions even off of for well for some of them off of the way they look 
and maybe they're bodybuilders, maybe they're, you know, just fitness gurus, whatever you want to put it. But now people are making money off of people clicking on their videos because they're maybe they're trying to lose another 10 pounds, you know, Chloe Ting. That was a big thing during um, quarantine. So you're weighing this, this scope of when, do, when is our influencers hurting society? And if so, think of all the jobs that are being lost if we get rid of social media influencers. So many people make money off of that. So now we have a whole new set of people who don't have jobs, but maybe we're going to have a better way of looking at our bodies. But you can see, like, maybe that's not exactly how it would look like, but you can see how it's not as easy as, yes, get rid of influencers, yes, put restrictions, because there's people that make a living off of social media. And regulation in general on the social media platforms is super challenging because eliminating uh, filters is difficult, eliminating, you know, Facetune uh, for on Instagram photos. These all happen through perhaps external apps as well. Um, And so when we see these new technologies, it's very difficult. A government can't just swoop in and you know, make Facetune illegal if you're of a certain age or require you to disclose when you've edited a picture. So, I mean, specifically with uh, filters, you know, TikTok will indicate when a filter has been used. Yes. Um, Even that disclaimer attached to a video, you don't know what that person looks like without that filter. It's difficult to remind yourself to not believe what you see because you're seeing it. How could you not trust um, what's in front of you? For a while, I think that the greatest validity to truth is something you've seen with your own eyes. It's more valuable than hearing it from someone. It just seems inherently more truthful. But then uh, as we advance to this new era of technology with filters, face tuning, even uh, deep fakes, which for those of you who don't know, is when you can take someone else's face and video edit it to be your own. You can put your face on someone else's body in a video form. So it's like photoshopping, but for a video, which is even more astounding because before we've always thought you can edit something out of a photo, but we've never thought to think that videos were also something that could be inaccurate or uh, warped. Um, but now they can. And so how do we know what to trust if everything can be distorted with? This new technology definitely has an impact for us. We struggle to discern it because it becomes more advanced, but then especially children. Something else I was considering is digital literacy. Um, Perhaps this is something, you know, that you gain as you grow older, you have uh, greater conceptual thinking skills. Um, But as an adolescent, digital literacy is difficult to comprehend. It's in the same way that Uh, Older adults may struggle to understand the slang that's used on social media. A younger child can definitely struggle to know what's true and what's fake. And obviously, without these any disclaimers or without any help, and especially if you use social media sort of unregulated by a parental guardian, um, you can believe everything you see. And it can definitely have a tangible impact 
on how you perceive yourself and how you perceive others. Thank you for listening to Tapping In. Make sure to come back next week to hear more content on how social media affects our daily lives, whether we realize it or not.